What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Weekly Ads. We're back to our regular schedule programming. The uh, NFL countdown is officially over, which I'm glad because now we can talk about other stuff. Austin's with us today. Dylan is uh, MIA at the moment. Am I? If he comes on later, we'll we'll add him. How's it going, man? How's your week going? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. I got to go back to work tomorrow, so that always sucks. But always not too bad. How about yourself? Good. Middle of the week, short week for me with the Labor Day, but uh, closer to NFL. NFL tomorrow. I don't know if I'll be able to watch it, but X Bills Rams. Probably watch the replay. I don't know. Maybe it'll be on something. Watch Friday. Oh. Yeah, that's the worst thing about me. I can't watch any football. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what makes this like the football section of like these coming months. Sports section is gonna be so off. I could watch eleven o'clock games on Saturday, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of that, because that's where I was gonna go right away with this is like eleven o'clock Saturday is Alabama Texas big game. Like that's probably the biggest game of the weekend, and it's on eleven o'clock, or which is insane. Yeah, didn't Nick Saban also say like? The game's not going to, or, uh, sorry, Sar- not, Sar- not gonna, yeah, Sarkeesian. Yeah, he said it's not going to define, not going to define them. Which is a good thing on his part to say because it means if they get their ass kicked, he's like, hey, it's the second game of the season and we can still win the rest of the games. Because they're one and yeah. right now, too. So it's like, yeah. And I mean, even Georgia lost to Alabama last year and then won the championship. Like, not saying Texas is Georgia, but yeah, it's one game. So it's early on. And he advantage about playing Alabama, you know, that's a quality loss when they look at it, you know, because Alabama's going to be top three at the end of the year. Yeah, and if you don't get blown out, yeah. Um, which I think we we are going to get to that because there's some blown outness I need to talk about. Um, oh. but I got a quick bit. I got a quick couple quick bits. Um, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr. I saw the other day. They are not just homies for life because of being playing together or whatever, but they had a Harwin Whitewater trip, rafting trip, where they basically said they both kind of nearly died, and that helped their brotherhood grow bigger than outside the game. Uh, I thought that's kind of cool. Kind of like makes this uh, reunion between the two of them uh, so much cooler to see once we get some on-field action with them. Yeah. Uh, my second, or yeah, yeah, and uh, I kind of forgot. Like, I know we talked about it, obviously, like pre, uh, West Conference stuff about uh Adams going there, like when we talked about Green Bay. But I totally forgot. And then I saw like a cl- like a screenshot of like them in uniform. I was like, oh yeah, I bet he did play a preseason snap or two. <laughs> I was like, huh? Did he? I mean, maybe they probably played like one. Like, probably one possession or one down or whatever. Yeah, um, I probably did play a little bit together. Oh, my second quick bit. Michael Jordan's son was seen out with Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. Um, Michael Jordan's son? Yeah, was one of the with... two sons, yeah. Wow. Uh, it was first on TMZ and then someone else said it. And I was like, do I want to take notice? And I saw it again because I think it's funny because I'm pretty sure this is the Scottie Pippen's wife that has this kids that are, like, roughly the same age of Jordan's kids. Um, and was probably his wife in the 90s, I think. I'm pre- I think so. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's not. 
Well, I know, I know Scottie Pippen's son, I think, went to Vanderbilt, and there was a big, uh, big thing going on about that with uh, someone where it was a big topic for him. Yeah. But, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's, My fun. yeah, it's funny because it's like, uh, you know, maybe he saw her as like an, if this, if this lines up right, I don't know. It's just funny because, like, if they were around each other when he was a kid. Because, like, most of us know Michael Jordan's son from Space Jam. Like, the sons. Right? Because, yeah. like, they, the one played basketball, I think. The other one almost got Division One, Whatever. But neither played in the NBA or anything. So, it's like, they never made it to, like, those levels. But everybody watched Space Jam in the 90s. So, like, you think of, like, that kid there. And then, like, the mom of someone else on the team. If you were, you know, they were probably in boxes or whatever at the UC, and then, you know, twenty plus years later, you're like, hey, you, you want to hang out? Kind of, kind of messed up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when you really think about it, you start like deep thinking about it like that. It's like, oh, especially with Scottie Pippen not liking Jordan anymore after you know, like not not that he already did it in these, like, later years, but you also got uh, when the last dance dropped, you know, all that shit came back up. And then, uh, uh, oh, yeah, I guess I guess that kind of goes into it, too. I saw a thing that was saying, like, Jordan, like LeBron's sons playing basketball compared to Jordan's sons. Um, I honestly hope, like, if Bronny comes into the league, he ends up being better than LeBron, like, finals-wise, because I think that would be funny. Like, it just a cleaner... Like, if he gets on a team that makes it to the finals, he has, like, a cleaner record than LeBron does. I think that would be hilarious. Because, obviously, like, the records are take a long time to chase. You know, that's years of playing. And you got to have everything lined up for you. No injuries or nothing else. Like, you got to take care of your body. Yeah, for sure. Where I think, like, if he comes in the league, or either of them come in the league and just, like end up on teams that have better finals like finishes if they make it that far would just kind of be funny to see um well the crazy thing is that LeBron said he wants to play with Brownie so like do you see teams tanking like the year that he could become eligible to go in the draft just to get both of them no because you have no idea like I feel like so much stuff could happen like money wise, like you would be such a salary chasing game throughout the season too. Like you would, you'd have to lose, and then you would have to do such a massive dump at the trade deadline, and then you still wouldn't know you would get them because you have to draft them, like whoever gets first, right? Because it is a lottery, you know. It's not just. It could be OKC with how many picks they have. Well, yeah, yeah. Between OKC and Utah now, yeah, like they both have huge chances of landing like, massive talent over the next seven years or whatever it is. Five years, whatever. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but, no, I saw that, and it's like, I'm pretty sure Michael Jordan told his kids not to play basketball. Like, he, like, not that, like, if he pushed them, maybe they would have been good, but I'm pretty sure he was like, you guys are never going to be better than me, so don't do it. Yeah, it's usually a, I mean, like, it's very rare to see the father and the sons all be good. Like, you look at, like, Archie and, like, Eli and Peyton. I think Peyton was the better out of all of them. Like, I think Peyton was better than his dad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I also think Griffey Jr. was probably better than his dad. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. It's, it's, it's tough to keep that, in my opinion, going all the way through. Yeah, definitely a lot of uh, baseball. Like you see it more in baseball with the father sons playing. I don't want to say like his baseball's easier or whatever, but there's definitely a different vibe with baseball and talent than it is with like basketball because a lot of the stars. Uh, yeah, Guerrero, Guerrero Senior and Guerrero Junior are both good. So I mean, like that's another rare instance where they're both like they're both good. Yeah, and then. Uh, a lot of the basketball players' kids, like when you start running out, like Ron Harper's son, he was a late-round pick this year, I think. You know, you think of uh, Gary Payton Jr. having to work his way into everything because he was undrafted and, and made it to the Warriors, like won a championship and whatnot, but it had to work his way there. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I was thinking about the other day, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure MJ was just like, no, y'all, y'all aren't going to be good enough. Like, just stop. You know, like, like I feel like he's he's that competitive where he's like, no way. But but I could be wrong. He could also, like, could have tried it out with them, and they're like, eh. But also when your dad's Michael Jordan, I guess, in the era in the era they grew up in, you know, where I feel like LeBron's kids have, like, a because of their age and, like, where they're at in the timeline with LeBron and the stardom, like, it's different because, yes, LeBron's probably is, like, the best player to play basketball ever. But you can almost like kind of rise up in that and be like, okay, this is my dad. I'm play ball too. Whereas like Jordan's kids, Michael Jordan was the best basketball player ever in the '90s. Became you know the shoes, the statements, the his logo everywhere. Like bigger icon. Yeah, bigger than anything in the '90s. Like the biggest star of the '90s probably because it's just it was you know yeah. sports outside of sports, everything that. The whole the whole dream team, like I mean, you think of like you say famous athletes from the nineties. Michael Jordan's probably gonna be the first one people name. Yeah, and probably even bigger than some movie stars, you know, like because he was everywhere. Like, he made Space Jam. You know, Space Jam, Gatorade ads, uh, shoes, McDonald's milk, the old milk ads. He was on those, I believe. Like Weedy, I mean, oh, yeah, so much. Like he, he was, was everywhere. He was so I think uh, that's kind of an interesting little thing. Like that'd be hard. That'd be hard to come up in, even just to play like college ball and or whatever. Just like obviously they did it, but you're just kind of like you know I'm okay if I don't if I don't make this because like I'm never gonna be that level. Yeah, I mean you, you have such a high standard. I mean when you look at it and people are like oh your dad's Michael Jordan, and then you're like oh I gotta live up to that hype, and then it's going to be so insanely difficult to actually do that. And then, uh, yeah, that wraps up my quick bits um, for the week. Um, I'm ready to, like, we're going to jump into some, we're going to jump into some football. Um, I made one mistake this weekend watching football. I had on the Appalachian State-North Carolina game, and North Carolina started getting hot, and I was like, well, I was like, this game's probably over. And usually because football kind of goes that way. You know, it, it does. And then I turned on the stupid Iowa-South Dakota State game, <laughs> which was just... Most entertaining game of the weekend. Yeah, it was just like the Bears-Packers game week one of 2019. It was just like the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. 
you know, just punts all day long and fumbles and just like just bad football as a whole. You know, and yeah. I and I watched that and I saw like the one safety and then finally like Georgia, Oregon was about to start. I think I turned that on. I think I turned on like the Xfinity NASCAR race a little bit. I watched the beginning of that because I don't think it got red flagged yet. It got red flagged later on, maybe. Either way, I was I had like the Oregon game on Georgia game, and then at the bottom of the screen I see like final score North Carolina sixty three Appalachian State sixty one or whatever, and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I was like, "I turned that <laughs> off when it was like thirty five to fourteen because North Carolina was just like Appalachian State wasn't doing anything, so I, I had it on in the third still. Like it was a, it was like third in the fourth when I turned it, and I was like." I would have saw damn near sixty points scored in the fourth. I was watching this. I was I was I was very upset with myself. Was, yeah. It oh. it turned into a great game. Like when I had a chance at work and you know, I was looking at scores and I just saw it like skyrocket and I was like, uh oh. Yeah, I was I was oh I was I was devastated. Like I was like seriously kind of mad because I was like I was watching this shitty Iowa game. Where, like, you know, no one could actually, like, get a first down to save their life. Nobody could get a touchdown. It was, it was what, just two safeties and field goals? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's literally what the scoring was. And it, but like, it was so bad, but, like, literally no one gave a first down to, like, get field position to kick a field goal either. Like, it was, it was insane. It was just, like, just bad. Um, but as, like, far as, you know what I what I hoped would have been a game going into Oregon Georgia. That was uh, you know I I knew Georgia was going to win. Yeah, I, everybody knew Georgia was going to win. It's Georgia, it, you can't write them out until like they give you a reason to. Yeah, yeah, and I mean like I've seen Georgia like obviously lose lose leads in the past like at a first half thing or whatever for a team like to come back or whatever. And it's like okay. And arguably enough, Oregon could have in the first, like going in the second half, because it wasn't out of hand yet. But they, but they couldn't do anything. And it was just like you guys are eleventh in the country. Like you're getting blown out. Like yeah, Georgia's really good, but you guys are supposed to be good because you're eleventh in the country. With the way their uniforms are, they literally give the meaning to losing in style. Oh, for sure. Um, and then honestly, Bo Nix is just becoming like exactly what he was at Auburn the last few years. Like, that freshman started against Oregon with uh, Justin Herbert, where, like, yeah. he won the game in that last second touchdown, which that was a great football game. I think that started the year off that year. That was, like, the late Saturday game, and that was a great game. And that's when you thought Bo Nix was going to be, like, this SEC superstar quarterback and just cannot show up to big games at all anymore. And this, this is, like, the perfect example of it. Um. But highly disappointed at Oregon, just like. Yeah, that was supposed to be like a really good game for people to watch. You know, it, good timing for it. No other big games on at the time. And then, you know, that result happened, you know, which which was, wasn't was expected. But then again, it kind of was because it shows like, you know, maybe the the Pac-12, which isn't good for Oregon, you know, either, because, you know, they're trying to lead the Pac-12. So now people, teams are like, 
yeah, maybe we'll take them because, you know, this would be a good warm-up game. Well, now it, like, guarantees them a spot in the Big Ten because SEC ain't going to take them because they're like, no, we just destroy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they right. they would they would want it. But they're just kind of like, eh. Because they're already getting, like, the Big 12 teams that they can beat. So they don't need or the, the Pac-12 teams they can beat. Um, But at the same time, Georgia, as oppressive they look, Stenson Bennett looked great yeah. out there. He set his uh, most passing yards in a game mark, uh, which he had what was set last year in the uh, SEC championship game, I think. It wasn't – or was it the actual national championship? Either way, like he broke his own pass in a arc, which is funny because his was – it was only like – he threw like 300 yards, I think, against Oregon. See, that's the thing about like Georgia. Like they don't have to pass every time. They have – they have such a good running game, like it helps out like dramatically. Surprisingly, like I was surprised how much they were passing in that game. But like he was just on target. Like he was making he made so many smart plays that you don't see college quarterbacks make. Like he threw the ball away so many times. Like he just he'd run out of the pocket and throw it away. And then sometimes he'd run out of the pocket and make a pass. Like the check down guy would there or someone would be moving. But like he was just making the good throwaway plays, and I was like, that's how you win a championship. He may, they may have been trying to prove a point with him, you know, because they're all, they're like, oh, well, you know, he wasn't really, he's not really a good quarterback. And then Kirby Smart's like, okay, all right, we're just going to, we're going to throw the ball down your throats and see if you can stop us. And then, I mean, maybe it exposed Oregon's secondary. Maybe they're not as good as what they thought they were, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, when you pass for that many yards, your offensive line is doing a good job, too. So that's going to help them this year, too. Yeah, they were doing good. Like, I mean, like, sometimes, like, the pressure started coming through if they sent, like, five or whatever because they weren't just sending four all day. Or maybe they were. I can't remember. It was so long ago now. But, like, he was he just escaped it every time. Like, they couldn't – like, he's athletic enough to escape their pressure – but then, and then still make a play to like save the down, like to save the yardage, not even the down, because the down's dead, but didn't, didn't lose yards because he tried running it and, you know, lost two yards because he was running it or some shit like that, or got sacked. And put him in a better position for a punt so that way they're, you know, could have got an extra five yards on the opponent's side. Which, which is even funnier because that punter didn't come out to the fourth quarter. Oh, he didn't come out to the fourth. Wow. He did. Call, he did. Yeah, it was. It was the second half when they finally punted the ball, and I don't think Stenson Bennett was in. It was the backup quarterback who was in, and they had the punt. So they scored. Wow. Yeah, he scored on all the drives that they had. That's crazy that they did that against at the time the number eleven team. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's how disappointed Oregon played for being eleventh. Well, that's why they're not in the top 25 anymore. No. they Well, they don't deserve it. And then even offensively, like, their defense was bad and their offense. Like, Georgia has good defense. Again, not that anybody was expecting different, but, like, they couldn't get – they would get stuff going and Georgia would just end up shutting them down. And it wasn't like – I don't want to say, like, Georgia was playing anything super-duper – I know they have the new coordinator because the old coordinator is Oregon's coach. And they were saying they were, like, leveling up, but, like – they just couldn't – the runs was getting shot down, and then Bo Nix would make a pass, but, like, he couldn't hit any long balls on stuff. The pressure was – they were pressuring him like crazy. They they dominated Oregon's O-line. Um, but, yeah, just supreme disappointment there. Um, 
Speaking well, of, the crazy thing was Georgia lost a lot of defensive players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They. I mean, they, there's two taken in like the top ten or something. I think. I think it was like one of the first years where more defensive players were taken from a team that wasn't Alabama or something. Like usually, Alabama was the one getting all the first round picks, like yeah. defensive. But Georgia, Georgia had a ton of. Oh, and then well, they lost three linebackers too. Yeah, amongst that, that's one thing I remember. And then Oregon had a hell of a transfer. So they said like there was like twenty odd guys that were transfers on that team, and a bunch were starters. So it was a whole like a whole new team essentially. Um, one thing I forgot. The, like one thing I learned this week. This is totally off topic, but the Chargers because we did because we did stuff differently last week. Over half the Chargers team is brand new compared to last year's team. The San Diego Chargers? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I, I was watching there. Like, they did their kind of own version of Hard Knocks on their YouTube page. I was watching it, and uh, they are like, yeah, over half our team is new. And I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Over half? Wow. Um, but we're... Herbert, though, I think they're pretty good. Oh, yeah, yeah, that... Uh, there was like an interview thing where the one one of the defenders had this like Toyota campsite set up, and they do videos. They're interviewing Justin Herbert. I was just cracking up. Like Justin Herbert's like I'm almost hype training Chargers now over the Bills just because of like just watching that video. Like here, like Justin Herbert talking and shit. Like I'm like, oh man, like this is a hard train to ride. Like do I want to ride the Josh Allen train or the Justin Herbert train? Pretty sure I, that's what I called for the Super Bowl was Chargers Bills, but. Or for AFC Championship, so like I hope that happens. Um, uh, I think no, we had the same. I think we had the same teams. I think we had uh, Bills Bengals. Oh yeah, Bills Bengals. Either one of those. Any three we of those. We did have the Chargers in the playoffs, though. I had them as a wild card. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did I have them? I think I had yeah. them one in the West. Yeah, you might have. Yeah, I think you had them over the Chiefs. I had them under just. Until they prove me that they can kick field goals on fourth down instead of going for two against the Chiefs to win. Because that would have changed everything last year if they would have won that game. Um, speaking of quarterback play, get us back on track. Uh, Notre Dame versus Ohio State was the next game. Next high-profile game. Actually was a good game. Kind of kind of played out how I would hope a 2-5 matchup would. Like, I'm well, glad... Than I thought it'd be, so that means the defense was doing what it was supposed to. Yeah, yeah, there was there was some good defense happening. Um, Ohio State definitely had their one receiver like got hurt, and he was coming in and out in game, and he was like the new number one guy. I think is the yeah. one that got hurt. Yeah. Um And then some of the other guys weren't really. Najiba or whatever. Yeah. Najiba or something. Um. And Shroud looked like he had some trouble, and then, like, the run game was tough, which is fine. Like, I was I was just glad. Like, if it ended up being a blowout, like, there's that side of me that's happy because it's, like, it's blowing out Notre Dame. And then... I, I thought it was going to be 42-24 at the end of the game, Ohio State. Like, pregame prediction? Yeah, because yeah. I just... Like, Ohio State, you know, like, they're good offensively, so I figured, you know, hey, might as well go, might as well go for broke with this. Oh yeah, and I it it honestly like I think if the receivers and Shroud were on point a bit more, they probably could have got there. Like I think they could have had a better day because that's really what was like hurting them. 
because eventually the run game got going for Ohio State. Like how Michigan beat them last year and other teams mm-hmm. beat them, they started doing that to Notre Dame in the second half and really took advantage. Like the pounding really got – in pregame, they were all saying like Notre Dame would probably pound Ohio State defensively and offensively, you know, or whichever one you want to say. And instead, Ohio State started doing it to them. So that was kind of, like, I think the big benefactor there. Um, but Notre Dame's quarterback, Buckner or whatever, he was, uh, or whatever, that's his name, Buckner. He he was playing well. He actually, like, made a lot of passes in a row to begin the game. Uh, his first miss was a while. Now, these were, they still had, like, they still had the punt. Like, he was making his passes, but then they would have, like, downs or whatever. Um, but the thing that made me so mad during the game is that they kept wanting to, like, compare him to Jack Cohen. And this this kid played last year. Like, they had this, like, list of, like, players who left for, like, Notre Dame and, like, the guys who got drafted or the big-name players and whatnot, and then, like, who's kind of there as, like, the new big-name players. And they're like, Buckner played 10 games last year. I was like, well, he played in 10 games, but he didn't play 10 games. Like, he came in to run the ball when they wanted to run triple option or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, he didn't play 10, 10 games as a quarterback. He didn't start ten games, but then uh, he. But he's a running quarterback too, so like he ran some stuff, and he had a bunch of yards. And at one point, and I don't know if this stat line's correct or whatever, but the guys they were like, he's ran, you know, he run ran more yards tonight than Jack Cohen did all last season. I'm like, but Jack Cohen's not a running quarterback. Jack yeah, Cohen, yeah, like he literally looked like Peyton Manning out there, like that, like his size and build and all that. Like he's not a runner. Like yes, I saw him run for a first down a couple times. Just like most quarterbacks will do when the you know the abyss just opens up in front of them, and you have a giant hole. But I'm like, are you are you talking shit about Jack Cohen because he wasn't a running quarterback? It's almost like that's the style of quarterback like that has to be there anymore. Like, oh, your quarterback has to be dual threat, like. Not necessarily. I mean, you look at Justin Herbert in the NFL because we just got we just finished talking about him. He's more of a pocket passer than he is a runner. Yeah, like he can run, but like he's a deadly, deadly and passer you, in the NFL. You don't want your quarterback to run. Look how many like injuries like have affected players like Andrew Luck. Like, yeah, he could run, but it wasn't smart for him to. That's how he suffered. I mean, besides his offensive line, right, yeah. Besides <laughs> getting sacked seventy six times, yeah. But. but even then, like he was a better pocket if, when he could stay in the. You would rather have your quarterback in a pocket because that means they're protected. Yeah, yeah, and like, and then, but it was like it's not even like Jack Cohen had a bad season last year. He did great yeah. for him. Like, like all the games they won and then the games they lost. Like he played fantastic. Like, he, like obviously, like you might have wanted his numbers to be higher and play ultimately better, maybe. Like, if you were truly dreaming of him being a Heisman quarterback or whatever, you know, like whatever anybody would hope out of a quarterback, I guess. But he literally played – he did everything the team needed to do. When they needed to be clutch and drives, he did it. Yeah. You know, like he did everything. And that's why I was like, why are we, like, talking – are we talking shit on this guy? Like, he he wasn't bad for what he did. Like – if they would just won one more game, they easily would have been in the top four. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it was that close down the stretch where, like, you almost made the playoff. Like, I didn't want you guys to, but you guys easily could have. So, that was kind of just, like, my big gripe during the game is just how much they were, like, being like, oh, Buckner's so this. And I'm like, why? You don't need to. 
Like, let, let's just let this kid be this kid and leave Jack Cohen alone. Hell, he never even had to came the you know come the, come the Lord came to the Lord name. Like he could have just stayed at Wisconsin. Um, but all in all, like it was a fun game. I think like it was like a lot of defense, and then when there was big plays, it was fun, exciting. Uh, they played the trumpets. At, I think going in the half, uh, coming out of halftime, it was pretty cool. I think Alabama did the same thing at some point during the game. Uh, and then I didn't watch any football the rest of that night. But uh, LSU FSU, <laughs> this game was insane. Um, it began where I just like hated LSU's quarterback because he just kept running the football, like doing a run stuff, and then he was like missing passes, and then the All American wide receiver was getting pissed because he's not getting the ball. And then the one time, like, he ran a route, didn't get the ball. Then he kind of lazy his route, but then they did throw the ball his way. It was a, in a red zone possession, too. And I was like, oh, man. And that dude was just mad all game. Quarterback kept running a lot, whatever. Um, Florida State's quarterback was just having trouble up and down all night on decision-making and overthrows and this and that. But it was a fun game because they're both not ranked, so I didn't know what to expect. Um. But what happened in that final five minutes was just insane. Um, Florida State is about to put the game away, and the guy fumbles. He just got too excited. I think it, I don't think it was the starting quarter or halfback. I think it was like the next guy up. What was that? It was the kick returner, wasn't it? Oh well, yeah, for LSU who dropped the ball. But then like when yeah. Florida, oh. yeah. I was getting ahead of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I was like, yeah, I, I forgot like that's how they got the ball so close is because LSU fumbled the kickoff return. Florida State yeah. gets it, but there is a either he was down or a flag or something. Yeah, yeah, he drops it. Florida State gets it, and then they're on like the one, and then they hand it off, and the dude just straight up drops the football because he got too excited, and then LSU just drives down the field in the final couple minutes with some zones that they were just eating up, which I don't know why teams decide to go zone in these final moments where, you know. You're giving them an area to pass the ball when they need to move the ball down the field. It's like it's like the dumbest. They're playing safe, but they're playing too safe. Too safe. Yeah, that's the thing that's funny when, like, when you see this happen because, again, that's what happened with the Chiefs and the Bills game in the NFL. So this isn't a college football thing. The NFL does this all the time too. Is like you play so safe that it's actually stupid. Like, why are you giving them 10-yard passes? That's a first down. What happens with the first down? The and ball moves up. Up to college at their first down. Yeah, yeah. So, like, you get the bonus get- in there. But it, uh, it's, it's not an effective strategy until, like, unless you're blitzing an extra guy or, you know, you might as well just play man. Like, if someone gets you, if you could beat on deep ball, so be it. Because these guys just marched up the field. And then we obviously saw them they get the touchdown. And then they missed their extra point, and Florida State wins. Oh. Yeah. Clutch block. Which I was waiting for it to go to overtime. Like, I actually kind of forgot they had to kick the extra point. I was like, oh, we're going to overtime because it's always so automatic. 
And then yeah. he misses, you know, gets blocked and just falls. And it's just like, wow. Dude, but, that's exactly what I said at work because I was looking at the score. I was like, oh, looks like LSU lost. And then I, there's some Notre Dame fans there. And, like, good. They're like, screw uh, Brian Kelly. And then I was like, uh-oh, LSU scored, but it said final. I'm like, what happened? I'm like, oh, they still got to kick the extra point. And then it updated on ESPN and said that it was blocked. And I was like, no way. And then I saw the highlight of it, and I was like, wow. They did all that work to come back, and then it gets blocked. Yeah, yeah, I think it was funny. Oh, my biggest my biggest highlight of the game, though, actually has nothing to do about the game. It's the fans. I have not seen so many middle fingers get caught on fan cams ever in a game. Like, and I heavily have watched college football for at least the last five years for sure and seen a lot of big games but it seemed like every time and it was both sides it wasn't just florida state fans lsu that now i think there was a lot more lsu middle finger they saw than florida state but every time they showed them there was just and then at the end of the game like there was a lot of middle fingers happening <laughs> after like the loss of like stuff but throughout the game, every time like there was a touchdown or whatever, I don't know if the two fan sections were like close to each other in one of the end zones, or like there was a shit. But like they, they would just show like the student section, and then someone would have middle fingers up, and then they show you know, and someone else would have middle fingers up. And then I know at one time Florida State players were getting flipped off by the student section at LSU because they were running by them <laughs> or whatever. And I was just like, man, like, but it was just it just seemed like every time down that, especially the fourth quarter. It just every time they showed fans, I was like, "Holy cow! Like these kids are, they're aggressive right now." Like I've never like, I've seen stuff, but I was like, "Man! Like there's a, there's a lot of middle fingers right now." College football back. Yeah, yeah, that's how I was feeling. I was like, I'm "Talk about like Liv Moss, Taco Bell student section." Yeah, um, they already started the contest early. I think they're out, but yeah, I mean. College fans, dude, they like when you get the students going, it's way more intense than NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we just think like American, the one thing I would say about like American sports fans, for, sports force fans, sports fans, god damn it, is when you compare us to like the soccer fandom in like Europe. And even the rest of the world, like not even just Europe, like because all all other countries, but the European for sure, like they dominate us, like they win. Oh, absolutely! From the chance to the pride in the team to showing up the games, you know, like yes, like when teams are losing, they still have like they lose people going to them, but then people still go to them over there. I feel like because it's like it's part of the culture, you know, like their teams are so clubs are, or clubs are so close to the communities or whatever. Oh, and it's like in your blood, but like. From all the stuff they do, and then, like, we go to games, and, like, obviously some teams have chance, like the Eagles and football and whatnot. Um, the Americans... Our, our equivalent of soccer fans is probably Bill's Mafia. Yeah, yeah, and then even our own soccer fans, like, some of the MLS clubs have a pretty solid following. Um, Stadium-wide, not just, like, the fan sections where everybody's, like, absolutely crazy. Um, and, uh... And, uh, you know, like, our MLS fan sections, like, kind of get to that point. Um, and then there's some clubs like uh, Kansas City, Columbus, that have, like, 
the bigger fandoms that show up that all get into it. Then you have a whole stadium full of it. But we, you know, across or even like Japanese Korean baseball, like that shit's wild too. And I feel like I don't know if it's just us because we so our American culture is kind of like. I don't want to say embarrassed by doing stuff, but like some people don't care. Like they'll cheer, and some people are like, "I'm not, I'm not cheering for the life of me." You know what I mean? Right. That does it, I and mean, there's nothing wrong with it. But we definitely like when you compare, like, like do, do you want to go to this game or do you want to go to this game? It's kind of like, well, that game looks more fun. Like to be a home fan at, not an away fan at, because you probably get like beat up or something. But San Francisco Giants, L.A. Dodgers. Yeah. Um. But, uh, yeah, yeah, college, like, I think college football fans, like, the student sections, and, the, and probably even the adults, too, because some of the adults are, like, all oh, alumni or whatever, so they get in on the chance and whatnot. Um, definitely, definitely, like, some better environments than, say, some of the NFL games, for sure. Um, but, yeah, but uh, you bring it up, yeah, the Michael Chandler, Daniel Poirier got added. 281, that's cool. Um, Chandler's on a mission to just win and fight. Poirier's, I think, at that point where he has to, like, win. Win and survive. Like, he's still a good fighter, but, like, he always loses all the big fights. Well, he just held the belt not too long ago. Yeah, well, yeah, then then he lost to Oliveira trying to get it back. And then I think he's coming off another one. He keeps giving his backup. That's the problem. He's lost twice in a row by giving his backup. And he starts yeah. he starts brawling too much. Um, and then Michael Chandler's coming off of the nasty ass front leg kick to Tony Ferguson knockout. Yeah. Um. And then his sports app, his new fitness apps launching. I'm on the wait list for that. Matt Chandler's a cool dude. So, like, I'm on his side, but, like, if either guy – this is a problem. Like, it's two guys that I like. So, when yeah. they fight, you're like, God damn it, which one do I pull for? I'm, I'm pulling for Chandler more. But uh, it's exciting. It's just exciting to see, like, two fighters that you like fight, too. Or even just a favorite fighter fighting. And it's one of those where you expect it to be a good brawl. Yeah, and that, that one should be. Because, like, I don't – like, both those guys can wrestle, but I feel like they're not going to. Yeah, they'd rather – They'd rather see who wins with their fists. Yeah, which is fun. Those are fine. Um, speaking of fighting, the other weekend, Carl Usman lost his belt to Leon Edwards um, in a fight that Usman was about to win if yeah. the clock hit zero. And Leon Edwards threw a leg kick, caught him on the side of the face, and knocked him out. And this made me... We talk about this a lot when we start, like when we're in, when we're in our UFC phases, you know, which arguably like with uh, our schedule and now and your schedule and like we haven't been able to like fully immerse back into everything. Even though like we probably could watch like the replays, like we won't see anything live, like we know the thing, we just got to watch the replays on ESPN Plus. But yeah. but when we talk about it, you know, is like the the point fighting argument. Right, like Usman obviously like was fighting and was winning, so he had the points. Um, 
Leon Edwards actually got the first takedown in Usman for like a long time, too. He scored that at the like the first or second round, which was kind of cool. You know, if he didn't win the fight, he at least had that. Right. <laughs> um. But when like I, Usman should have tried like. When do you just like go for like the the instant win? He should have just ended it early. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because he's he can like, do it. Yeah, if he's such a good wrestler, and I know he is. Like I'm not like anyone listening. Like I'm not saying this. Like I'm not shitting it on him. It's the point of being that he now lost his belt because the fight went on to the end when he could have finished it or yeah, should have tried finishing it. Early. He had everything going his way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, even, like, Corey May uh, is caught saying, like, yeah, dude, we were writing your obituary to Edwards. Like, we were, we were, you know, we were saying, like, this fight's done, this fight's done, and then that happens because anything can happen in fighting. You can get punched yeah. in one side of the face, and you're perfectly fine. You get punched in another part of your face, you get knocked out. Um. But it's kind of this thing with, like, when you're a belt defender, point fighting versus just going for the win. Because I always hate, like, when we watch all the hype videos, they're like, oh, I'm going to knock him out. And you're like, no, you're not. Like, I want you to. I really want you to, but you're not going to do it. Oh. Which Usman did knock out uh, Jorge the second time they fought. So that was pretty cool. Like, that happened. Um. But I feel like all these hype videos are always saying that. And it's like, no, like, please do it. Please do it. Please submit him. Please knock him out. Please do something. Um, but I want to see these belt guys just go for it a bit more. But then I'm also, like, not because then something like this happens and it's really cool. And now we get to see, like, you know, they fight each other again and see if Edwards can defend it. That fight was Usman's to lose with how much advantage he had and he did you know he he saw that it was in the late it was in the last round or whatever he's like well i'll just drag this out get the unanimous decision or whatever and then it backfired on him Mm -hmm. and i'm just gonna end this right now i'm gonna leave no doubt like i mean that was a big thing the ufc always say don't leave it in the judge's hands. Yeah, you know, yeah. There's so many people upset because the judge may look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, like maybe the judge is going to start saying, well, this guy says he's the best, and then this guy went all five rounds, you know. Maybe we should, you know, look at take that in consideration. Yeah, yeah, because you never – I mean, even, you know, some guys are even mad when there's a split decision over unanimous. But yeah. that's just – you know, how things show up. Um, you know, this weekend's the... Is this weekend the Diaz fight? That could be crazy. Um, I think that is this weekend. I feel like... One thing I was thinking, though, with the point fight is, like, Anya Sanya, like, he hasn't had a knockout in a while or a finish. He's got a lot of decisions. And... You know, that's one of those things where I feel like, man, like, not that it doesn't look good because he's defending his belt and he's winning fights, but it's one of those things where you're just like, something could fall against him just like Usman did. Yeah. 
you know, like all of a sudden, you know, you're point fighting or point defending, however you want to put it, not being aggressive enough. Kind of like the Vittori fight we watched. Like he could have probably knocked him out or did something to him and kind of point fought him and let, you know, obviously let Vittori gas himself out, which he did. But it's like, man. I mean, you stick back to, uh, you just talked about Diaz and we just got done talking about Edwards. You know, Diaz caught uh, Edwards in that fight we watched. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Diaz haunted him instead of going after and finishing it. Yeah, which would have changed. The funny thing is that would have had an effect to what happened the other week with the Usman thing because Edwards would have had the loss. Oh. And that's the thing, too, with it. Like, you got to, you know, if that opportunity comes up, don't showboat, just finish. But, like, every fighter has their thing. Which It's kind of like the one O'Malley fight when he thought he knocked the guy out and then the guy got back up, and then so he had to do it again and then knocked him out the second time. Because he started celebrating, and then the guy stood back up, and he was like, ah, shit, and then he had to hit him again. Yeah, just go and jump off, or the ref pulls you off. So I think that's that's something just interesting to just notice with uh, watching a lot of that. Um, I think obviously tomorrow Bills and Rams kick it off. Should be Have a good game. Jay's going to sign with apparently. Who who is? Apparently. There's a, there's a tweet that they're talking about that, you know, whoever won the game, uh, Odell oh, Beckham Jr. <laughs> that's From funny. him. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Oh, that's funny, man. That's funny. That It's funny however you want to put it. Like, to let some, like, I guess that's everyone's choice, but, like, if a team don't want him, you don't have to sign him either. Like, he's like. I- I mean, he's not going to get signed for a while anyway, for a while, in my opinion, just because, you know, he's got that ACL surgery. So why is he going to sign this early in the year? Well, that and yet you didn't go to a camp or anything. So you're definitely, like, already behind the scale there. Oh, Additional football talk. Lamar Jackson, coach is saying, oh, it's not a distraction to the team with his contract or whatever. I'm I honestly like I don't I know there's like because he wants all guaranteed and they're not going to do that and they shouldn't do that because it's so risky especially with a player that, that plays the way way he does that that high Dude, reward high risk injury. Well, players want yeah. I mean, we just saw with what Russell Wilson signed. You know, he just got that massive like mm-hmm. yeah guaranteed. Sean Watson did that backfired on the Browns. Anymore, it seems like players are like hey you know like. I want guaranteed money. Nothing against that for them, you know, because they're like they got look they got look out for themselves. Yeah, but well, there's I, all the portions because like Lamar wants that hundred percent guaranteed, which only one other person's ever gotten that. Yeah, you know, like no one no one wants to give that. You know, it's all incentive contracts are the way. Like you have to do that. And what has Deshaun Watson done? Yeah, yeah, especially when you're looking at that situation. How many, how many playoff wins is? How many playoff appearances does he have, and how many wins? You know. Yeah, it's more. Yeah. It's tough to justify, but I mean, the Browns are just going to be the Browns, though, and they're gonna they're gonna do stuff like that, I guess. But it's just crazy. Oh, for sure. I think uh, 
I think, and I started to think about this, and really I think the Ravens are seeing ghosts because after they won the Super Bowl, they gave Joe Flacco that contract, and they only made the playoffs once in his whole six-year extension. It was in 2014. Otherwise, they never made the playoffs after that. Yeah. So, you know, and at the time, he was like, you look at the money and you almost laugh because it was only like $160 million at the time compared to what quarterbacks are getting now. But, again, it was 10 years ago. So, like, everything was smaller. Um, but it's funny, like, I think, they, I think they're in that situation where they really, you know, with that track record after giving him that contract, they're kind of like, I don't know. I don't know if we really want to give you. Uh, you really have to prove to us you're the guy because we get like this guy won us a Super Bowl and we gave him money and we never we made the playoffs once after that and never saw the playoffs again until you showed up and now we kind of want you to be the guy but you really have to like work with us so we can pay you to be the guy but we're also like we need to do this right. Cause obviously like I think there's a lot of financials in charge too. Cause they want to have a team at the end right. of it all too. They got to keep big pieces. Especially cause they have a lot of young guys and they have a lot of young guys that are good in some areas, not like tons, but they have, you know, they got new safety. So once his rookie contracts up in three years, you know, they, they're going to pay him. They're already paying some other dudes. Like, and the thing is, like, everybody signed these deals, so now the demand for all the money is going up, so everyone's like, we now apparently this, you know what their starting point's going to be, mm-hmm. where it's going to be, and they're like, well, we won't be able to keep everybody just because of salary cap issues, which I'm sure is a big topic of discussion, like, at the meetings or whatever, oh, but sure. it's just tough for them to be able to justify being like, hey, okay, we can give you literally half of our team salary cap, but we're not going to be good. We're not going to be able to sign these guys that can help us compete every year. Yeah. Which Brady's been as good as he is because he's taken those team-friendly contracts to be able to sign those players. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely think the the Ravens aren't trying to fall into that trap because they know better. I think the GM knows better. Harbaugh knows better. They've been there. Yeah, but – Blacko. Yep. Um, so we're probably just going to stay with sports tonight with our entertainment liaison and Dylan not joining us. I want to I tag on baseball a little bit because the Yankees' lead is four and a half games now. Yes. Uh, Tampa's chasing. They, they lost the game to the Yankees. They're four and a half. They're, they're both on three-game win streaks right now, so the, the gap isn't happening. Like, the gap's just staying the same. Um, but it's kind of funny that like we're at this point in the season and the Yankees are on this like horrible streak after the all-star break when everybody thought they'd probably be clinched by now. Yeah. And now it's the Dodgers who are the best team in the league. Yeah. And in like a crazy way they're they have a hundred more run death than the Yankees do. And the subway series may not happen. Yep. Cause the Mets, it, have you seen the Frank, the tank, Blow up videos that started uh, nine them posting. They're not even making the playoffs, <laughs> dude. Dude, it is in like it, Frank the Tank is crazy. I can't believe he hasn't killed himself, like not suicidal, like heart attack wise. 
Yeah. Because he's just with how stressed he freaks out. It is disgusting to watch. It really is. It, it's gross. Um, but it's so entertaining because he's just such a hardcore fan. And and the and the Mets are doing so. Like, there, there's obviously something wrong because they were a good team too. Now, they're still in it. Like, they haven't lost the division to the Braves yet. Um. But the lead isn't what it was, and the Braves are catching fire. Yeah, and the, and the Braves are playing fantastic. Like, I'm, the Braves are playing great baseball right now. Yeah. Um. And I'm and I'm hoping the Braves do win the division. I'm not on the, I'm not on the Mets side of this, but it would be it's a it's a funny thing. And they're still in a good position. Either one of those teams is going to get the other wild card if they keep playing the way they are. Yeah, they're both expected to make it, so it's not going to be horrible. But it's always better to win the division because then you have that. The home field advantage with the new playoff setting because they get to play three games or whatever. You might as well play them at home. Unless you're better on the road, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. But against a division team in the playoffs, you kind of got to wipe all that out. Yeah. Oh. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, fuck. I had another thought I thought with this. No, it's fine. I'm glad, like, we're in September now with baseball. Like, sucks that the year's gone, but, like, we're getting to that cut line. There's only, like, 30 games left. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to wrap up, and I and I hope these races stay tight, like the ones that are tight stay that way till the end, um, just so it's, like, an exciting, like, last week. Yes. And, like, every single game matters. Um. That's what the White Sox have to do. Yeah. They close the season against the Twins. They won today. The Twins have a doubleheader against the Yankees. If the Twins lose, the White Sox will be tied with the Twins for second. And the White Sox have played more games, so that's a disadvantage because they have more losses. Mm-hmm. But it could be interesting to see because, you know, I kind of gave up hope on the White Sox. But maybe, just maybe, they may able to be able to pull it out. Do I want them in the playoffs? No. Yeah, yeah, with the way they've been playing. I mean, I'd like to see them, but see what they maybe they could pull something off. But it's been an embarrassing season for them. I'm just glad they're finally winning, though. And they be a pretty, they took the series against the Twins, and they've taken the series against the Mariners. So those are two good teams. Yeah, I mean it's really close right now. Like looking at it, it's, uh, like Guardians are leading, but Twins are two, and then back and Sox are 2.5 back so it's all really close you know one bad week or one really good week can change anything between those three teams yeah we play uh like I said we end the season against the Twins and we play the Guardians I think two more times I think we play the Guardians again after we finish against finish the Astros and then uh right now the Yankees are beating the Twins so the Yankees are helping their cause to stay in front of the Rays but the Twins are gonna lose a game most likely Okay, so then the White Sox would be tied for second right now. So that's better, but it's still two games back at the Guardians. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, like, you need to win a division in this division. You can't. Yes, it's with, either you got to win the division and you're in. Otherwise, you're going to be at home and you're waiting for the offseason to see what the White Sox do. Which hopefully they make some changes. The Roosters got to go. Yeah, I see that happening. Like that's 
They're doing better with uh, the bench manager right now. Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe they put some more fire underneath him. He plays maybe he manages different. You gotta. This is a team that's got to be managed a certain way, and you got to have a certain guy in there. Lewis is not not that guy anymore. No, no. We he, talked about where you know the owner wanted to rise and or whatever thought that he owed Larusa something. Like, dude, you don't owe nothing. You owe the fans something, not him. When you got to have a guy on a business trip making calls for Larusa to help win the game, that's when you know it's bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put Ingle in. Put Ingle in. Um. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready for some October baseball. Um, you seen anything that you want to bring up? Uh you might saw this week or anything, or anything I forgot. No, I don't. NFL kicks off tomorrow night. We talked about that. Like I said, man, I know with the White Sox, I'm I'm still holding out hope, but I still don't think they should make it. I was just quick scrolling through. Uh... And we're only a couple months away from hockey coming back. and Yeah, September 14th, Marion Host is going to be at the Blackhawks. Yeah, Hosa. Uh, um, Barcelona Chicago posted something today, and it was like, which Chicago team is still giving you hope? And then in their like, caption, it was like, this is basically a trick question. <laughs> and I was like, yes, because like I was thinking, that, I was like, man, that's a that's a that's a hard question. Like I don't know if I ever want to answer that. And then I read the caption, I was like, yes, I was like, that is that's fantastic. That White Sox Dave was saying uh, the uh, Wolves, and then he's like the Chicago Sky, and then they're like, no, I'm talking about like right now. And then White Sox Dave went back to being the White Sox fan. He's like, the White Sox still have a chance to make the playoffs, so I'm hoping out for them. Yeah, I saw that they they did the therapy thing, but it was more like a skit, and it wasn't yeah. a uh, like true therapy session, which I think would have been funnier. Like, obviously, you probably wouldn't like record that at all, but I thought the skit was pretty funny for the most part. Um, but if you got it, if you went and actually got like a true therapy session, that would have been hilarious. Ah, uh, it's been a traumatic year. But he needs to keep throwing out them first pitches because it worked. Yeah, yeah. Somehow it worked. They maybe that's what they need to do. Even though he missed, it worked out. Oh. Um. But the White Sox may be pulling off because Lance Lynn, he he's catching fire. He's getting back to himself, and that's what hurt him last year. You know, they kept talking about uh Yeah, his fall off. Yeah, his he falls off at the end of the year. Well he had half the season off, so maybe that's gonna help him out. Yeah, and ex- it, extend the good. Last game he pitched was a beaut. He had like 11 Ks, no runs, like three hits. Like, dude, that's that's Lance Lynn. That's what we got him for. That's why we signed him to that massive deal. Or that's why we signed him to that extension. Yeah. So I'm hope, I'm hoping out that maybe it's good. We already got Cease, you know, so there's a good one-two right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liam Hendricks is catching fire with these reliefs. You get, if you put – if you get – if we get in there far enough where we get Hendricks in – that's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We just they just gotta win the games to get there now. Yeah, one, uh, I don't know if Kopech's still hurt or not, but when he comes back, he could be another force we reckon with, which would be awesome. But they just gotta 
they just got to put them runs in. And plus, Anderson, he hasn't come back yet. Yeah. But Andrews and uh, Gonzalez, Romy Gonzalez, he's uh, stepped up. They're playing great. So that's going to help him out, you know. Mendick's back with the team traveling with him. not saying he's going to play or nothing. But, you know, they got him on the bench now for support. That was the biggest loss for them was Mendick this year. Yeah, Mendick this year. Yeah, Danny. uh, Just because of what he brought to the team. Yeah, he did good. Like, he had some good starts. Oh, the last couple years. Oh, I'm going through my post, see if I saved anything. That was good. Doesn't look like it. Um, I'm bringing this up just because they will end on this. Team USA Baseball basically got all their commits as far as fielders and hitters go. Uh, I don't have the pitchers up. But, like, this is what Team USA is going to look like. Outfield is Trout, Betts, and Harper. Infield, Arenado, Anderson, Turner, and Goldschmidt. And then Real Mudo at catcher. And then off the bench, we got Pete Alonzo, Cedric Mullins, Kyle Tucker, Will Smith, and Trevor Story. Stacked. Just absolutely, yeah, just crazy. And then, like, anyone not on that list... If they have the remote chance of playing, like, and obviously there's a lot of, like, baseball players that aren't American that we know that are going to play for, like, the Dominican Republic and Cuba and everywhere else. Um, But, and then anyone who didn't make Team USA is going to do the other Olympic stuff where they have a remote connection to a country or just apply for citizens somewhere and play because that does happen. (laughs) Um. Yeah, they're gonna to do that, but man, like, yeah, absolutely stacked uh, field and bench for Team USA, and then obviously we'll see like pitchers once pitchers start committing. Um, and honestly, my favorite's like Kyle Tucker, like being in there because like that dude's just on a tier the last two years. So any can outfield, any can hit. It's like one of the it's like a beautiful all-star team, but that's like that's what our Olympic team is. It's like the dream team years with basketball. Yeah, dude, it's going to be so awesome to see it. Like, it, it's amazing who all they got. And you're like, you like saw it, and you're like, oh, and there's no way. And then, like, it was official, and you're like, dude, like, this, this is a stacked team. I'm glad they all want to play. Like, that's yeah. the big part. Like, Trout wants to play, and all you guys want to play. And it's like, yes, like, play the Olympic game. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Like, do it. And it's so cool that that's happening. I can't wait to watch it happen. Um, but, yeah, we'll see when that happens. Uh, I think that's an early spring. Next year, I think uh, I, I think there's like qualifying games or something coming up after like this season, and then like early next year is when it starts, something like that. Um, but I know coming up in the fall, the World Cup is in the fall this year, and uh, that's gonna be in October, November. So we can we additionally will have that to talk about and see what happens with all that. See how far Team USA can make it. 
Yeah. It's going to be in Qatar. Mm-hmm. And they sold a boatload of tickets already. Everyone's excited, you know, just coming off COVID and everything else. And they're like, all right, cool. Let's represent Let's represent our uh, country. Yep. Um, and with that, we will, uh, I think we'll sign off there. Uh, next week, we'll be dealing with back. One thing I didn't want to bring up because I want to bring it up next week because I really want to hear his takes too is the Bears released the statement about the new stadium in Arlington. Uh, yeah. Like the paperwork's been sent and whatever. So a lot of news there, like $326 million or something like that. Yeah. Soldier um, uh, Field, the only thing they've done is put new grass in. Yeah. So uh, definitely want to talk about that. We can probably dive in and make sure we have some stats up on it, talk about that. But uh, we get that. We'll cover the first week of football. We'll talk about Alabama, Texas, a whole bunch of stuff. Obviously, there's some entertainment news. Um, one of Dylan's favorite subjects. Uh, the cover, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have some fun next week. A lot of lot of shit to talk about. Um, yep, full swing now. Yep, yep. And uh, you made it this far. Thanks for listening, and uh, see you next week.